This week on I Watched This As An Adult Movie Reviews, I give my thoughts on the first two episodes of She-Hulk and my thoughts on Phase 4 in general. And I also review the 1989 buddy cop action film, Lethal Weapon 2. All this and more on I Watched This As An Adult Movie Reviews. control no overwhelming feelings of rage no a normal amount of rage you do revert back to gen 4 when you sleep was the air horn really necessary for comedy absolutely this is a multi-year journey you're about to embark on yes yeah who's your best friend nikki spandex spandex is your best friend being a hulk asks for balance You have so much more to learn. Yes! So I'm clearly nailing it at all of these things. If you want to go back to your life as a lawyer, I, I respect that. He doesn't mean that. More and more eccentric superhumans are coming out of the woodwork. We are going to launch a division for them. And I want the She-Hulk to be the face of it. Jennifer Waters. Namaste. I have a serious conflict of interest. This man tried to kill my cousin, Bruce. Yeah, that's quite all right. Oh. People only care because I'm representing Emil Blonsky. I think they care because they're like, hey, that girl's green. Jen, do your thing. God, I really like this outfit. I'm not proud of this. Miss Walters, we answer to a higher power. Our universe is on the edge of a precipice. I am a lawyer. We do things by the book. Oh, the book of Ashanti. No, the book of American uh, laws. Whether you like it or not, you're now a superhero. Let's do this. You know that friend you had in high school who was way cooler than you were, attractive, got all the attention from everyone? Hello. Mm -hmm. I think I'm jealous. Is that what I'm feeling? this as an adult movie reviews i'm your host mikhail ford let's get into talking about she hulk the bad news about uh not having an episode last week was i didn't have an episode this week last week but the good news about not having an episode last week that i don't get to talk about one episode of she hulk I get to talk about two episodes of She-Hulk. Let's talk about She-Hulk episode one and episode two. 
Uh, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna combine the two because I don't. I'm, I just don't feel like going step by step. You know, into like the the storylines and of each episode. I'm not gonna run down each episode one by one. You know, like that's that's a lot of that's a lot of work. That's a lot of like you watch the show. If you watch the show, you watch the show. You know what happened. But um, first off, I want to talk about how quickly. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how quickly uh, Jennifer Walters became the She-Hulk. Like. I want to say she became She-Hulk like two minutes, maybe not even that, maybe a minute into the show. (laughs) Because at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the show, we got uh, Jennifer Walters played by uh, Tatiana Mislani. I'll get more into her later. Uh, uh, She's driving in a car. I don't know where they're driving. I don't know where she's driving to, but she's got Bruce Banner played by Mark Ruffalo in the car. His uh, arm is still in a sling, right? His arm is still in the sling. So I'm guessing that this uh, takes place uh, after Shang-Chi is what I'm guessing. I'm guessing this takes place after the events of Shang-Chi because Bruce Banner shows up at the end of Shang-Chi and he's got his arm in a sling. So that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing this shows up at the end of Shang-Chi. Um... So, they're just, they're talking, they're talking about Captain America, like, having sex or some shit. (laughs) They're talking about that. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, a spaceship just flies, like, right in front of them. Like, it just lands right in front of them, and they run off the road, and, uh, they're all bloody and stuff, uh, uh, Jennifer has an open wound. Bruce has an open wound, and uh, he, like his, some of his gamma blood. And what happens is like some of his gamma blood gets into Jennifer's open wound, and that's how she becomes the She-Hulk. It's a lot less violent than how she really becomes the She-Hulk, because I believe in the comics uh, she gets shot, like she gets shot, and uh, Bruce gives her blood transfusion so she can live, and that's how she becomes the She-Hulk. I, I guess they didn't want to go. They didn't want to go that gruesome, that violent, that quick. So it was like they get. Let's say they get in a car accident, and like his blood mixes with her blood. They're, they're cousins. They're blood. They're cousins. So his blood just mixes with her blood, and that's how she becomes the She-Hulk. Um, a lot of things I want to talk. There's a, like I said, a lot of things I want to talk about with this episode. A lot of things going through my head about this episode. About both episodes really just about the show in general actually just about the show in general because i want to talk about the elephant in the room uh but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about it just yet um hulk uh trains uh jennifer he trains jennifer uh because like uh bruce turns back into a smart hulk and like when when they're together, like he's already Bruce, he's just Bruce Banner. Uh, then he turns into Smart Hulk. He says that Jennifer's blood, like the trans, like the, the the mixture of the blood between the two of them, healed his arm, so his arm's okay now. Um, uh, if you remember, he broke his arm. He like his, he he injured his arm after the snap after he snapped with the Infinity Gauntlet, and 
brought everybody back. So, um, you saw Avengers Endgame, but anyway, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, uh, he, he talks about that and, um, he starts, he just starts training Jennifer and it's fun. It's a fun little training montage. He gets jealous of her <laughs> because she can do everything better than him. You know, like she can do, she's very, she's more flexible than him. She's stronger than him because, like, they get into a pissing contest when they start throwing boulders. So you can throw boulders the farthest, you know, and all that shit. Um, he gets he gets a little jealous, pushes her. He pushes her off a fucking cliff and calls her a punk. Uh, he does that. But um, I love the chemistry. I love the chemistry between uh, uh, Tatiana Mislani and uh, Mark Ruffalo. They have great they have great chemistry. You believe that they're cousins. You know, he believes that their family he has a uh, he has a a nickname for her. He calls her Fuzzball. You know, I like that. I like that he call he has a nickname for her because like all cousins, all cousins kind of like tease each other and like fuck with each other. You know, <laughs> you know. So I like that they got that element with each other. With like they, they kind of like poke fun at each other and they tease each other. You know, because like everybody does that with their cousins. I do it with my cousins. You know, like there's like you always like like poke fun at your cousins, you needle your cousins you a little bit, and you get a little annoyed and shit. You know, so, uh, but uh, yeah, but like I like that. I like that they have that dynamic. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and then like he's pretty much just trying to train her. He's pretty much just trying to train her and teach her, you know, how to control herself. But she doesn't have that vengeful rage monster that Bruce has inside of him that he recently learned how to control. So, like, he's just like, you don't have that? And even he's saying, like, I'm kind of jealous, you know? Because, like, Bruce has a lot of childhood trauma, which I'm going to get into with uh, episode two. Um, which, because they kind of retcon that shit in episode two. But uh, Bruce had, I, I'm, you know, I'm just going to talk about it right now. I'm going to talk about it right now. I'm not even going to get to it in episode two. But, because, like, episode two... Uh, I kind of felt like they kind of inadvertently retcon Bruce Banner's uh, uh, upbringing. Like they 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 retcon his upbringing, they retcon his home life because uh, everybody knows that Bruce Banner turns into this rage monster. You know about the gamma radiation and all that stuff, but the rage monster really comes out of him because he can't control his anger because he had such a traumatic childhood. Like, his father used to beat his ass. You know, like his father used to beat him. Used to beat the fuck out of him. And that's kind of... And that childhood drop, that childhood uh, trauma and that childhood anger manifest itself into the Incredible Hulk. So, um... But, uh, episode two kind of retcons that shit because, uh, Jennifer goes to see her family. She goes to see her parents. Uh, her father played by uh, Mark Lynn Baker. Uh, he's the uh, the guy from Perfect Stranger that's not Belky. I forget. I, I haven't watched Perfect Stranger in years. Perfect Strangers in years. <laughs> that's a show I haven't watched in decades. Like in years. I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid, like early kid, like when I was about like four, five, six years old. I used to love watching Perfect Strangers because I used to love watching TGIF, all those shows. Used to like run together, you know, like Family Matters, which is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, by the way. It's like Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, Step by Step. Um, 
whatever show was on because like at the beginning it was always it was, at the beginning it was family matter step by step uh perfect strangers and whatever was uh at the end of that that's what that 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 was the other show there was a lot of shows that came and went in that in that 8 30 spot or 9 30 spot eastern time i'm central time <laughs> so because like i think the longest show that t- that kept that spot of like hanging with mr cooper like that is like the that is like the longest running show in that 830 spot is hanging with Mr. Cooper. Cause that had that show had like five seasons. I wanna say. Like it ran from like 1992 to like 1997. So like that had the longest um tenure in that in that spot. But I'm talking about I'm talking about She-Hulk. You know I hear about TGIF. Uh you know, I, I always digress. I'm sorry. Uh, if you're new to the show, I I tend to do that. I tend to digress and go into other stuff about pop culture. But I'm talking about She-Hulk here. Um, the Margaret Baker plays her father, and he's very he's very nerdy. You know, he's very nerdy. I don't know who is because uh, Bruce and Jen are cousins. Uh, I don't know who is. Related to who? I don't know if this is Bruce's dad's brother or Bruce's uh, mom's brother uh, or sister. Or I don't know who. I don't know who's related to who. You know, uh, but like uh, Jen's side of the family seems well adjusted. They got a. They got a. They got a home. Her parents are very uh, supportive of her. Uh, there's another side of the family. There's this young guy. I don't know if this is like Jennifer's brother or what. You know, I I think he's probably a cousin of theirs too or something. Uh, but like he's kind of a douche. You know, he's kind of a douchebag. <laughs> and it's kind of it kind of it kind of retcons uh Bruce's home life. They kind of retconned it for comedy, really. Cause like it's a comedic scene where like Jen goes back to Jen goes back home, and she's um talking about uh I think this is when like she cause like she gets offered a new job she get off she gets offered a job to um represent supervillains and superheroes and shit uh you know, like her first case is like she's representing the abomination <laughs> Emil Blonsky I'll get more into that later but. I just felt like uh, they retcon. I just felt like they retcon like like the whole Banner family, you know, for for comedy. I guess this is like Jen's side of the family. I'm guessing that um, I'm guessing that Jen's mom is related to Bruce's dad. Is what I'm guessing, or so forth. I don't know which side of the family she's on. Because, like, her last name is Walters. His last name is Banner. You know, I don't know which side of the family uh, uh, she's on. But they, they know Bruce. I think they mentioned Bruce at the family dinner. I think he's like, how's... Uh, I think, like, the father's like, how's Bruce? And all this shit, you know? So, like, they mentioned... I think they mentioned Bruce at dinner. So, like, they know uh, what's going on with Bruce. They know that Bruce is the Hulk, of course. You know, so, you know... <laughs> But, um, 
just, it just felt like it just felt like they just retconned his whole kind of like storyline for comedy, and he's not even involved in it. That's how I felt. But um, yeah, like she's rep, but like she's representing, but like yeah, like I say, like she starts uh, representing like Emil Blonsky, um, played by Tim Roth. Tim Roth is back as Emil Blonsky. Uh, that was a pretty interesting scene to me because like he's in the Supermax prison, um, which. We're probably gonna go back to that. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that because like I'm 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 sensing this episode gave me strong, strong when it went to the supermax prison. That scene gave me strong, strong fucking uh, thunderbolts uh, setup. Like they're setting up thunderbolts because uh, I think they're in the supermax prison. I think they're gonna bust. They think like they're gonna. Uh, not bust, but um, I think they're gonna take Emil Blonsky uh, out of prison, and like he's gonna be a thunderbolt. I think that's what's gonna happen because like he explains his side of the story. He explains his side of the story because he's like, I thought I was the hero, you know, here, you know, I did this to protect my country or something like that. He said he was like, that's what he, that's pretty much what he was. He was explaining himself. He was like, I didn't know that I was the bad guy. I was doing this to protect my country. You know, like the Hulk was a menace and my country called on me and they gave me the super soldier serum. I thought I was going to become Captain America and I became this big green monster. You know, so he was like, so and he was like, so, but everybody wants to come down on me and say I'm the villain. He's, he was like, pretty much. He's like, he doesn't know. He's like, he really doesn't know that he's the bad guy. You know, so that's an interesting twist on it like that's the twist that they're going to put on it when they put them in the thunderbolts so I, I i think that's what they're gonna do so they had to kind of retcon him to think that he's the hero you know so uh other things happen with emil later on too so look i'll get back to that but um yeah uh this episode was really just about uh episode two was really just about establishing She-Hulk, really. That's what it was about. It was just about establishing She-Hulk. Episode one was her learning her powers, and then people finding out she's the She-Hulk because Titana, played by uh, Jamila Jamil, uh, with her fucking sexy ass, you know? Like, she is fine. God damn. Uh, Jamila Jamil is fine as fuck. But, uh... (laughs) But, uh... But, yeah, she... She's... I don't know how many other episodes she shows up in. She probably shows up later on because, like, there's a... I got a thing on my Twitter where, like, she shows up and, like, she's, like, uh, vandalizing New York or some shit. If you go to my Twitter at WatchPod, uh, WatchedPod, W-A-T-C-H-E-D, Pod, you go you go to WatchPod. I hope I spelled that right. I'm... You know, <laughs> uh, I got a... I got a little... Um, I got a little uh, clip of her like vandalizing She-Hulk stuff, you know. <laughs> it's a really funny, it's a really funny uh, clip. So I don't know if they shot that for promo or they shot that for the show, but it's real funny. I would love to see more Titan, uh, more Titania, you know. I love to see more Titania. I love to see more Jamila Jamil, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, she shows up, because, like, she shows up, 
at the end of the first episode and she just basically gets her ass kicked by She-Hulk. Uh, it's very, it's a very quick fight. There's not a lot of fighting in episode one. Or there's no fighting at all in episode two. So it's a slow build. It's a slow build. You know. Um, let's talk about the elephant in the room now. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, how do I say this? <laughs> how do I say this? How do I say what hasn't already been said? Uh, there's a lot of haters for this show. A lot of a lot of insecure little boys. That's right. That's what I call them. A lot of insecure little boys that hate this show. I'm like, oh, oh, she's cause, uh, then she she's a woman and and she's she's supposed to be powerful and this is you know the whole like oh this ain't the mcu anymore this is the mcu and shut the fuck up bro just shut up because there's a scene in the first episode of she hulk there's a couple of scenes in the first episode of she hulk where um first off there's a scene where like uh jen is uh lost and she gets uh she gets uh lost in this body this is after she turns into she hulk and like she just kind of like rumble, runs away and like stumbles into this bar, you know. And like all the women and all the women like help her, uh, they help her get her together. And they're like, oh girl, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, like they're like, girl, what's wrong with you? Let me help you out. You know, like they, they fix her up and all this stuff. But then like she goes outside uh, the bar to wait for Bruce. And like she's waiting for Bruce. Because uh, like I think she said uh, she had to get a phone. She asked them one of the chicks for a phone. She's like, I cannot, she's like, can I use your phone? I need to call my cousin. She was like, like, no problem, and all this stuff, right? So she's outside waiting for Bruce, and there's these three guys that come over, and they start, like, harassing her. And she tells them, like, like I'm not interested. Like, leave me alone. And then, like, she even feigns, like, having a boyfriend. She's like, I think I see my boyfriend over there, and, you know, all that stuff, which is sad. You know, that's kind of sad that women have to do that. They have to fake you know, having a boyfriend when they really don't have a boyfriend because they're afraid of what men might do to them. You know, because, like, there are some guys out there. There are some guys out there if you don't, if you don't give them what they want, they're going to take it. You know, like, they're going to take it. They're going to go. They're going to get out of control. And I know you guys are going to be like, nah, you're such a fucking male feminist and blah, 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 and bullshit. And I'm like, I have a daughter. Okay. I have a daughter. I have women in my life I care about. I have a sister. You know, you know, like I have like I have women in my life that are near and dear to me and I wouldn't want anybody harassing them. I wouldn't want anybody uh making them do something that they don't want to do. You know? So I'm just coming at it not as a male feminist, I'm just coming at it as a decent fucking human being, you know, you know, like, let's just be decent fucking human beings, for God's sakes, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't want, you, you wouldn't want this to happen to your mother, you know, gotta have a mother, you know, all you, all you, uh, weirdo incel motherfuckers, you got a mom, right, you got a mom, I'm sure you wouldn't want anybody to hurt your mother. You know, you wouldn't want anybody to do anything to your mother that 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 that's disrespectful and degrading. You know, so don't 
don't do that to any other woman. How about that? Let's do that. Okay? But, like, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys just fucking complaining about that shit. There's a whole uh, monologue that uh, Jennifer goes through where, like, uh, Bruce is telling her to control her anger. And she's like, I'm always controlling my anger. You know, and she's talking about uh, getting catcalled and being harassed and uh, being uh, and having to be mansplained and all this other stuff, you know. And, you know, and that kind of triggered a lot of guys. I was just like, I'm just like, grow the fuck up, bro. Just grow up. Just get out of your feelings, you know, and suck it up. Just suck it up, you know. <laughs> like my aunt, like my aunt says, suck it up, nigga. You know what I'm Suck it up, nigga. You know that's it. But uh, <laughs> but um, pull up your pull up your goddamn bootstraps and fucking get through the get 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 through it. You'll live. You'll live. This woman this woman ain't destroying your fucking life. She ain't destroying your fucking life. She ain't destroying your fucking day. Okay. Um. But yeah, man, a bunch of motherfuckers just butthurt about that shit, and they need to like grow the fuck up, really. But uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, like I said, like she gets, uh, yeah, uh, Jennifer is going through, like, like the second episode is just pretty much, uh, Jennifer just adjusting to being She-Hulk. First episode is her training to be She-Hulk. She doesn't want to be a superhero, but she kind of has no choice. Not everybody knows who she is. Uh, she got fired from her old job because they don't want the problems of the She-Hulk because they, they feel like she brings problems. Uh, she's gonna bring problems to the law firm. So, like I said, there's this other law firm that law firm that hired her to represent superheroes and supervillains. I can't wait till they get into all of that. Uh, so, episode. So, I'm looking forward to episode three. I'm looking forward to now that they established all this stuff. Emil Blonsky broke out of prison, by the way, <laughs> at the end of episode two. So, I'm I'm looking forward to see where that goes. But. Overall, I think it's oh, I think it's an okay show so far. I haven't seen, like I said, I, I have to see what else happens. I will probably return to the show after I'm done with the show. I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to do it like I did with Ms. Marvel, or do I if I want to do it week to week. But we we're gonna see. We're gonna see how this goes. But yeah, I'm enjoying the show. Uh. I think I think it's one of the better shows. I didn't really I didn't really enjoy Ms. Marvel as much. I didn't really enjoy Moon Knight as much. When it comes to Phase Four, a lot of the shows I looked at I looked at them with kind of apathy. You know, I thought I was gonna do that with She Hulk, but looking back on it, I really enjoyed it. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the show. Didn't really enjoy Ms. Marvel. I wanted to enjoy Ms. Marvel and I wanted to enjoy Moon Knight. Didn't enjoy it. Um, I didn't enjoy Loki. I'm not really a fan of Loki anyway. Uh, I was just sitting through it so I could see Kang the Conqueror, you know, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, man, um, so far, I like the show. So far, I like She-Hulk. Uh, like I said, a lot of shows are kind of apathetic to me. Uh, I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and What If. Those are like my three favorites so far. 
uh and this one might be up here so far too uh hawkeye's okay that's another one that was just okay um we're gonna see where the show goes from here uh we're gonna see uh where the mcu goes from here so uh also i forgot i forgot about episode two uh uh hulk is on a sakarian spaceship uh at one point towards the end of the episode like he's on a sakarian spaceship and i'm like where the fuck is hulk going you know is he going back to sakar are we getting world war hulk because uh the in the comic world war hulk starts because um he is uh sent to another planet by the illuminati uh but the illuminati don't exist in this universe we saw the illuminati in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but they're not our Illuminati. So we're gonna see if this is how we get World War Hulk. I don't know how they're gonna do World War Hulk because uh, uh, they can't really do a solo Hulk movie without Universal. Maybe they'll do a, a, a working relationship like they did with Sony. Because even like Namor, the, uh, Namor is a, a Universal property as well. But he's showing up in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. That's their, that's their, uh, that's their caveat. That's their out to use Neymar. They put him in another person's movie, and that's what they've been doing. That's what they've been doing with the Hulk. Is like they've been using him in other movies. Like he's just been in Avengers movies or other people's movies. Like he was in the Thor. He was in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, he's in this show, She-Hulk. I don't think I think She-Hulk is still owned by Marvel and Disney, so they could do that that's that's kind of how he that's kind of how he shows up so i'm really interested to see how they're going to use hulk going forward in the mcu but yeah that's all i wanted to talk about uh i'll be back with my uh, lethal weapon 2 review right after these messages who is it police open up how do i know you're the police after i shoot you through the door you can examine the bullet open up Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. Come on, let's go, Rod. Oh, no, we should go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, Rod. Don't be a killjoy. Oh, come on, we're back. We're bad. You're black. I'm mad. Come on, man. Hey, 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 listen. If we're going, shouldn't I have a gun? No. no. Now, get ready for something lethal. I'm surprised you haven't heard about me. You know, I got a bad reputation. I mean, sometimes I just go nuts like now. <laughs> because the magic gun is back. Watch out the window, no. You all right, man? Yeah, I'm okay. Where were you, man? You're my partner or what? Why didn't you follow me down? Yeah, why didn't you follow him down? Shut up! I'm seven floors up! Lethal Weapon 2. You go first. I'm really too old for this. You go first. I'll cover you. Ah! Eeny, meeny, miny. Hey, Mom! Good police work, officer. Come on. No. Back to my place. Hey, I'll even cook. You're lucky. I have to live with that. You're not gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. No, there's not enough room. You were right, you know. Yeah, there, there wasn't enough room. Lethal Weapon 2. This time, they're not taking any crap. Just get off me, man. I don't want anybody to see us like that. Lethal Weapon 2 from 1989. 
let's get into the technical before we get into how I saw this as a kid. Uh, this movie was directed by the late, great Richard Donner, just like the first one. The screenplay was written by Jeffrey Boehm. Hope I'm saying that right. Uh, this movie had a budget of $30 million and brought in $227.9 million at the box office. That is a lot of money, even for 1989. Uh, I don't know what the 1989 box office looked like, but that's a lot of money for 1989. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, the movie has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 82%. I would have given it higher, but, you know, that's fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, let's get into how I saw this movie as a kid. First off, Lethal Weapon 2 is by far my favorite movie of all time. You notice I didn't say one of my favorite movies of all time. I believe in my heart. Then Lethal Weapon 2 is by far my favorite movie of all time. I think it this has to be a uh, number one on my list because I've watched this movie so many times. Like it's it's almost insane the amount of times I've seen this movie. Uh it, out of all the Lethal Weapon movies, this is the one I go to the most. Like Lethal Weapon 2 is my favorite. I like Lethal Weapon, I like Lethal Weapon 3, and I like Lethal Weapon 4, but Lethal Weapon 2, by far my favorite, um, it, throughout the, throughout the whole, uh, film series, throughout the Lethal Weapon film series 2, um, Lethal Weapon is probably my favorite series of all time, but 2 stands out to me, uh, this review is just, just gives me an excuse to watch it again, <laughs> you know, like, that's all, it just gave me an excuse to watch it again because I was just like, oh man, I gotta watch. I gotta do Lethal Weapon 2. You know, I had to get through Lethal Weapon to do Lethal Weapon 2, but I love I love this app. I love this I love this installment of the uh of the film series. Uh I saw all these movies when I was like super young, you know. I wasn't I was practically a baby, you know, when the first uh two Lethal Weapons came out. Uh, I was one, maybe. I had to say I was maybe like one when the first Lethal Weapon came out, and I was like, cause my birth, cause my birthday's late. My birthday's in December, so I was probably one year, one year old. Uh, because uh, the first Lethal Weapon came out in '87, I believe. I believe the first uh, Lethal Weapon came out in 1987. Uh, and this one came out in 89, so I had to be no more than maybe three years old when, when Lethal Weapon 2 came out. So, I watched a lot of, I watched these movies on television with my dad, you know, cause like, I watched a lot, like I said, like, that was like a big bonding moment, uh, with my father was watching a lot of action movies with my dad, you know, like, that's how we bonded, like, we would sit on the couch and like watch HBO or Cinemax or even like regular television like they would show these movies on like regular television uh and like we would just sit down we would watch like Lethal Weapon or uh Bloodsport or uh anything with like Don the Dragon Wilson in it you remember him you know like if you remember Don the Dragon Wilson 
you know, like we would watch, we would watch movies like this. Uh, so like this was like this is like my bonding, this is like my bonding moment with my dad. But this one has to be my favorite so far. Um, I love how this movie starts. Like it just starts with like a long ass car chase. Like, like this car chase. I think I, I think I, I think I timed it. I looked at the time on it. This car chase lasts six minutes. The first six minutes of Lethal Weapon 2 is a car chase. Uh, it's like they said, this is the sequel. We got to do it big. You know, it's like, it's like pretty much what they were saying. Like, we got to do this big. Uh, and honestly, honestly, I'm not a fan of car chases, but this one is well done. It's very action packed. Uh, it manages to like insert humor in it as well because <laughs> I like when a rig there's a part where like Riggs gets out the car uh, played by Mel Gibson Riggs gets out the car and uh, he starts running after the, he starts running after the car they're trying to chase and uh, uh, Murtaugh played by Danny Glover he, 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 he <laughs> I haven't finished I'm trying to get it, get it out uh, but like Murtaugh's driving the car, and he's like, Riggs, Riggs, he's like, get your slow ass in the car. <laughs> I love that. I fucking laughed so fucking hard when he said that shit. Because, <laughs> like, cause like, he just running, because, like, he running, because, like, they got him running, like, he, like, like, booking it, like, he, like, getting speed. Like, he gonna catch the car. And then, like, Riggs is, like, driving, like, maybe, like, five miles per hour or some shit. And you just notice that Riggs is not running that fast. And Murtaugh is just like, get your slow ass in the car. <laughs> I love it. Like, from the start, uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover have, like, amazing chemistry. It's like, they just, they just take off from the first one and just go into the second one. Like, nothing changed. You know, like... Riggs and Murtaugh are the ultimate, like, buddy cop duo. You know, every buddy cop movie or buddy cop show is just redoing uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. They set the template. You know, anything after this, uh, uh, Bad Boys, Rush Hour, uh, uh, try to think of... I'm trying to think of, cause like you do, you do have uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. They did 48 Hours. You got Eddie Murphy and Judge Ryan Hold and uh, John Ashton uh, with the uh, Beverly Hills with the Beverly Hills Cop movies. You know, you got them with that. But I think even got uh, Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal with Running Scared. But I think the ultimate. Buddy cop duo, which every I think everybody's fucking doing, is Riggs and Murtaugh. They they are the ultimate buddy cop duo. Everybody after everybody after everybody after Riggs and Murtaugh is just pretty much doing Riggs and Murtaugh. That's what they're doing. Um, Murtaugh's family is back, including his fine ass wife. Uh, <laughs> like fine as fuck. Uh, she got a. She got a booty out of this world. Goddamn. Uh, you know. <laughs> that woman has a booty. She got like a, a, a like a like an airbag booty. <laughs> you know, you know, like it looks soft. But uh, <laughs> there I go. Being a goddamn pervert. But uh, I am sorry. 
after I talked all this stuff about being a decent human being and the She-Hulk, uh, you know, but I'm a, I just want to be a man for a couple minutes. I'm not going to like run up on this woman or nothing. I'm just saying, uh, you know, <laughs> Murtaugh's wife is fine. But uh, anyway, but like Murtaugh's family has always been the heart of this series to me, you know, plus it's also like, it's also cool to see like a black man be a family man for once, you know, cause like, I don't think you, I don't think you saw that before Murtaugh, you know, I'm trying to think other than maybe like Bill Cosby, but nah. Uh, saying his name makes me want to fucking throw up now and finding out what the fuck that dude's been doing to women but um but yeah uh yeah it's just it's just there's no there's no there's no dirt on Danny Glover you know so and he's like what 80 something now so hopefully no skeletons come out before he's dead or something or even after he's dead but uh Danny Glover looks like he's been like just a clean guy, you know, clean living dude, you know, so I don't think I have to worry about Danny Glover coming back as a fucking fraud, you know, I don't, not not that I know of, but like, like he's all like, he's the ultimate, uh, uh, family man, uh, Murtaugh, and like I said, cool to see a black man as a family man, um, I mean, we had, uh, after that, we had like, like Reginald Vell Johnson, you know, uh, for Family Matters, uh, another cop, you know, um, I can't, I forgot his name, Carl Winslow, yeah, like, Carl Winslow, like, Reginald Vell Johnson is Carl Winslow, he's all, he was the ultimate family man, then we had, uh, James Avery as Philip Banks, like, the, the other ultimate black family man, you know, but, like, it was just cool, uh, in the 80s to see black man, you know, strong, you know, taking care of his family like Roger Murtaugh is a true role model to a lot of to a lot of uh, black kids you know I think um it's also weird knowing what we know about Mel Gibson to see him in a house full of black people and not go insane you know <laughs> if you know it like when we found out what we found out about Mel Gibson you know like then that, that just proves how good of an actor Mel Gibson is you know, because <laughs> like he's cause like he's always in the Murtaugh. He's always in the Murtaugh family's house, and like he's like the only white guy in the house. Because like even like that, even like the scene when like they first go in his house. Because like they're um they're going in they're going in the, they're uh, they're at Murtaugh's house to uh watch uh his uh daughter uh his oldest daughter Rianne uh be uh be in a be in a commercial and like. Riggs is like the only white guy. <laughs> like this is weird seeing Riggs be the only white guy in the house, and he's just sitting there with a whole bunch of black people on the couch. You know, so like, <laughs> knowing what we know about Mel Gibson now, you know, so it, that was just that was just weird to me now. Um, but like, yeah, Murtaugh's daughter uh, ends up being in a condom commercial, <laughs> which is just fucking hilarious to me. You know, like his reaction. Is is hilarious to me of her being in a condom commercial. It's just so funny because like he's so overprotective of her. Like he was overprotective of her in the first uh, *Lethal Weapon*. He just like always. He's just like always overprotective of uh, his oldest daughter. Uh, I never really understood why fathers are so obsessed 
with like their daughter's sexuality. You know, I never really understood that. I as a father myself to a daughter, you know, like who will most likely grow up and look like Murtaugh's daughter, Rianne, because like my daughter, you know, like she's she's, she's a very uh, pretty, like fair skinned, you know, little girl, not not being a not being a colorist, you know, like not doing that, but like she's 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 really she's a little, she's a she's a pretty girl and she you know she 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 looks like Rianne. She's probably gonna grow up and look like Rianne, you know, <laughs> you know, and like she's a very like she's a very very gorgeous young girl, you know. I say this I'm, I say this as her father, you know, uh, but I don't think that I'll be obsessed about who she's having sex with. You know, I don't think that, I don't think that's any of my business. You know, like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just here to guide her and help her make the right decisions. That's my job as a father, you know, to, to, just to make sure she makes the right decisions and just to guide her in the right direction. Uh, Whoever she's having sex with, that's none of my fucking business. It really is none of my business. All I want is the person to be good to her. That's all. I don't want her to get involved with somebody that's going like that's gonna like hurt her. You know, like that's gonna hurt her uh, physically. Cause I will be there and I will rip his fucking head off. You know, <laughs> that's all I got to say. So, future boys. Whoever listening to this podcast, you hurt my daughter. I'm coming for you. Okay? Good talk. Um, and then finally, we meet the villains. Which are a bunch of fucking racist Dutchmen. <laughs> and like, I don't want to call them South Africans because everybody calls them like, oh, they're from South Africa. I don't really consider the Dutch in South Africa, South Africans, I don't consider them Africans because uh, they 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 kind of fucking colonized colonized South Africa. You had apartheid, you know. They went in there and they were just really fucking uh, racist to the natives, you know. So I really don't consider them Africans, you know. I don't consider them Africans because like. They're, they were just like, just like they were just the worst to Native African people, and I don't consider them. I just don't consider them fucking Africans. Um, these villains kind of always confuse me, even when I was a kid. Like even now, like I watched the movie again to try to figure out what were they doing. I don't get it. I don't get it. I never knew what they were trying to accomplish. Like, what is the end game? What is the goal for these villains? I don't. I don't understand. Uh, but anyway, uh, they end up breaking into Murtaugh's house and they, they, they tie him and his wife up and threaten to kill his family if they don't stay away from their operations. Cause I believe, cause I think this is from the car chase. They found out like who was, uh, like the lead detective on this case and they found out, oh, this is the one. And they called him a kefa. I think that's like the Dutch word for nigger. You know, I think that's the Dutch word for nigger. So, uh, they call him, oh, he's a keffer, you know? So, um, they're just like, oh, let's go threaten this guy, you know? Like, and then they tie him up, they tie his fan, they tie his wife up, uh, and then they tell him not, they tell him to stay away from the operation and all this stuff, or they're gonna kill his family. At that point, that's when I throw being a cop out the window. (laughs) 
honestly, if I was a cop and this happened to me, I'm throwing out, I'm throwing my badge out the window because I'm hunting these motherfuckers the fuck down. You know, <laughs> you don't get to come in my house, tie me and my wife up, threaten my family, threaten my kids, and live. You know, you don't get to do that. I'm hunting you. I'm throwing that badge out the window. I'm hunting these motherfuckers the fuck down one by one. You know, <laughs> that will be my fucking quest to hunt these motherfuckers down one by one. Because you don't get to do that and live. Okay, you don't get to do that shit. Um, but yeah, like, like Roger Murtaugh is a better man than me. That's all I got to say. Um... Then we meet. I'm not. I'm, like I said, like I'm not. I'm not up here trying to act like a tough guy or anything like that, you know. But I'm just saying, just as a man, you know, you don't get to do that. You don't get to fucking do that, especially as a cop. You know, if I was a cop and I got guns and shit, these motherfuckers is dead. That's all I got to say. And then we meet uh, Leo Getz, played by Joe Pesci, uh, who Riggs and Murtaugh uh, have been assigned to protect. It's kind of funny because like they kind of switch roles because <laughs> like they were they were chasing the the the, the uh they were chasing the uh the, the dutchman now they're protecting leo gets they're like doing protective custody uh but leo gets joe pesci is leo gets it's just automatically annoying and automatically funny because yeah, joe pesci joe pesci is just such a great actor man i'm like he's just so i think he's such an underrated actor too because he could be a comedian I mean, like a comedian, he could be a chameleon, sorry, like, he could be a chameleon, you know, because, like, he's, like, he's, he's, he could be menacing in something like Goodfellas or something like Casino, and then he could be legit funny in something like this or something like My Cousin Vinny or something like that, you know, like, he's a very funny dude here, like, um, what I find funny about, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh, like, they're supposed to be protecting Leo, (laughs) That's supposed to be protecting Leo. But they just end up putting him in more danger is what they do. I think even, like, their captain uh, talks about that. You know, like, even their captain says, like, he's like, like you, 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 you brought him on a stakeout or something like that. He's saying, like, the captain. He's like, you're supposed to be protecting him. You're not supposed to be bringing him on the goddamn stakeout. You know, I guess, you know, Lethal Weapon, like, protect, like protective custody wouldn't be very fun of a movie. You know, so I guess that would be boring, right? But, like, I like that they kind of, like, pointed that out. Like, their captain was like, you brought him on the stakeout. You know, like, you're supposed to be protecting him. He was just like... <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Riggs ends up falling in love with, like, one of the main... With, like, the main villain's, like, secretary, like, played by uh, Patsy Kinzit. She's a, uh, a, Dutch, a Dutch actress. Uh, really cute woman, really, really pretty woman, uh, but that becomes kind of like a, a conflict of interest, you know, because it's kind of like, you kind of shitting where you eat, you know, <laughs> you know, because like, you, you, you're fucking with the villain's secretary, you know, like, this guy wants to kill you, but you're messing with his secretary, you know this, but anyway, uh, I also wanted to point out, uh, how, uh, Mel Gibson's, like, Australian accent keeps popping out, in and out in this movie. <laughs> this is the one time I actually noticed it, because, like, for the longest time, 
I didn't even know that Mel Gibson was Australian. Not gonna lie. I didn't I didn't know that Mel Gibson was Australian until Lethal Weapon 4. Because <laughs> I remember uh, there was a commercial with uh, Chris Rock, because Chris Rock's in Lethal Weapon 4. And uh, like they're doing like this giveaway or something like that. And he says, and uh, he says, you can win a trip. He said, you can win a trip to Sydney, Australia. He said, like, it's the hometown of my Lethal Weapon co-star Mel Gibson. I was like, Mel Gibson's Australian? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I never knew that Mel Gibson was Australian. Like, it like blew my fucking mind that he was Australian. But um, but yeah, uh then we get the like we get the Murtaugh on the toilet scene. <laughs> The Murtaugh on the toilet scene has to be my favorite scene in this whole movie because it's such an inventive scene. You know, like, who thinks, like, because, like, who thinks of toilet bombs? Like, who thinks of that shit? You don't ever think about, oh, I'm going to sit on the toilet and then my ass going to blow up. You know, like, you know, know, nobody thinks of that. But, um, like, it's it's a scene that's both funny and tense. And, like, it's brilliant how they pull both of those things off. Because it's funny because Murtaugh's on the toilet. But it's tense because this motherfucker could die. <laughs> you know what like, He can't get off the toilet. Because if he gets off the toilet, kaboom, he's dead. Uh, you also, like, this scene also shows you how much Riggs and Murtaugh love each other. You know, like... It shows like they're like they're more than partners. They're brothers, man. They're real brothers. Cause even like uh, when like uh, Bomb Squad is there, and like they're telling Riggs like Riggs, you gotta get out, man. And Riggs is like, I'm not leaving him. You know, like he's just like, I'm not leaving him. And then like uh, the Bomb Squad guy's like, okay. And he gave him a flag jacket. He's like, you gotta put this on though. <laughs> you know, he gave him give him a flag jacket. And uh, they're about to be, like he's about to pull Riggs. He's about to pull off Murtaugh off the toilet. <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> he's about to pull Murtaugh off the toilet, and Murtaugh's like, Riggs. And he's just, he just looking at him like he's saying, I love you with, I'm, he's saying, I, I love you with his eyes. And like, uh, Riggs is like, I know, man. He's like, I know. And like, like Riggs is kind of looking at him like, I love you too. You know, so he's just like, so, uh, <laughs> and like, it's a heartwarming scene, man. Like, it just shows like their, com- their just like companionship and their camaraderie. And like, it's awesome. Uh, then Riggs goes back to simping for the uh, villain secretary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I said, he really likes shitting where he eats, doesn't he? He really likes that shit. Uh, so after that, like the villains just start taking out the LAPD one by one. You know, like while while Riggs is getting his dick wet. <laughs> you know, like, he ha- he's having sex with the villain secretary like multiple times. Like, he's, he's piping her the fuck now. But uh, then, like, the, the bad guys find out where he lives. And, like, they just start blasting at his trailer. Uh, and then, like, they end up kidnapping Riggs. And uh, they, they end up kidnapping Riggs and the secretary. Um, he, finds out, he finds out that, like, one of the Dutchmen is actually responsible for his wife's death. Uh, which I didn't like. I didn't like that. Um... I felt like that was kind of tacked on to give Riggs a motivation to, like, 
kill this guy. You know, they get like just give him a motivation to like kill kill this dude. Uh, it's like him being a criminal is not enough, and him trying to murder him is not enough. It's like you gotta throw in like, oh yeah, uh, I killed your wife. You know, so, it's like wait what? You gotta throw that shit in there too. But uh, they also kill the secretary by the way. Like the secretary's dead. They like dump her. They kill her. Dump her at the bottom of the fucking ocean. Uh, it's just like, it's just another, uh, it's just another, like, heartbreaking thing for Riggs. It just seems like Riggs can't find love, you know, you know, so, like, it's just, and then, like, afterwards, like, Riggs, like, Riggs, like, gets himself free. He gets free. He beats up the bad guys, gets himself free, and, like, he finds, like, like you said, he finds a body at the bottom of the ocean, and he just starts walking around with the secretary's dead body on the beach like a madman you know <laughs> he's just like walking around with her fucking lifeless dead body on the beach he's just like Ugh. Ugh. he's just walking around like a fucking crazy person and like then after that rig does rig does what i thought they should have done at the beginning of the movie and just decides to just kill these Dutch motherfuckers. You know, it was like, I was like, why if you did that in the first place, we wouldn't be in this situation. But then if they did this in the first place, we wouldn't have a movie. So, you know, <laughs> I also want to mention uh, the main villain. I went all this time without mentioning the main villain, uh, played by uh, Josh uh, Ackerlin. Uh, I didn't really mention him because most for most for most for the most part part he's pretty dry. He's a pretty dry villain. You know, and you know, he's a older, he's like an older guy. You know, like he's an older man. He doesn't really do much but just like bark orders. Um, but he has the he has the best facial expressions. Anytime something happens, you know, that actor has great facial expressions. You know, but like uh, there's a scene where like Riggs is like kind of like just harassing him, like just following him around in his car because like the, he's in his car and then like he sees Riggs and he's just like and he's just like the greatest fucking facial reactions. Uh, uh, there's a scene that I think is funny between the two of them because uh, like uh, when they like go raid like the Dutchman's house and uh, Riggs is like, come on, come down here, dickhead or something like that. And then this one. Um, I think their captain comes in or some shit, and he's just like, oh, yeah, these guys got, like, they're, like, got diplomatic immunity or some shit like that. And uh, Josh Ackerlin's uh, character says, he's like, who is the dickhead now? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's just like, he just got this face. It's just, like, just so smug, you know? <laughs> he's like, he's just like a, a, like a fucking Cheshire cat, just a fucking smug smile. Like, who is the dickhead now? You know <laughs> Oh, like I just love that. I just love that actor's uh, facial expressions uh, it, throughout this whole movie. It's fucking hilarious. Um, I love that Murtaugh, uh got to kill Josh Ackerlin's villain uh, character. He got to kill the main villain uh, because, like, he went through the most shit. Like, they came in his house and threatened his family, and he was almost killed on the toilet and all this shit, you know, he went through the most shit 
in this whole movie. So it's like, it's like rightfully so. He should kill the main villain. <laughs> and he says my favorite line, my favorite tagline in an action movie. Uh, when uh, Josh Ackerlin, he's like, he's holding up his, uh, his badge. He's like, diplomatic immunity. And he shoots, and Murtaugh shoots him in the head. And he's like, it's just been revoked. <laughs> I love that line. That's, the, that's my favorite tagline in an action movie. Other than like Commando, where Arnold Schwarzenegger throws like that fucking pipe through uh, uh, Vernon Wells. <laughs> like stomach he says blow off some steam then it <laughs> like that. other than that favorite tagline um but yeah they also uh fake us out with a with a with a with a Riggs death like Riggs almost dies because like uh think uh josh acklin shoots Riggs first like he shoots Riggs like multiple times He's like bow 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 He's like he gets shot like multiple times and like so like they kind of fake us out we think that Riggs is dead I think what happened with that, I think I read this. I read this uh, somewhere uh, when I was doing my research. I think originally they wanted to kill Riggs. They wanted to kill Riggs. I think he was supposed to, like, sacrifice himself for Murtaugh or some shit like that. Uh, But uh, the studio uh, fought against it because, like, they wanted to make more movies. Like, they wanted to make a Lethal Weapon 3. So... They shot two endings. Uh, I think I think they said like they, they they showed the first ending where uh Riggs dies and like the crowd is like crying. You know what they said? I think they said like in this in the screen and in the test screening, like the crowd's crying, like people are crying, they got tears in their eyes because Riggs is dead. Uh and then they showed them the other uh they showed them the other one where Riggs lives and like it got more of a positive uh, reaction. So they went with that one. Uh, and also they wanted to make a Lethal Weapon 3. So, <laughs> so I don't even know why they shoot two endings, but that's what they did. This movie's still a great movie to me. You know, like I said, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, great fucking chemistry. I love the mix of action and comedy. Uh, in this movie, it's awesome. Uh, uh, they mix it just right. You know, I love how they mix action and comedy just right. They don't even, they don't do it to where it's corny, you know, to where it's just like, oh yeah, they threw a joke in at an inappropriate moment. You know, they don't do that. Um, like I said, the villains are kind of dry. Didn't really know their purpose, but you know, it can't, you can't be, it can't be perfect, you know? But overall, this movie's still a great watch. I give it a four out of five. I gotta give it. I gotta give it like one less, um, one less point for the dry villains, you know, like because that's the only part I didn't like that, that the villains were so, eh, you know. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was Lethal Weapon two. Join me next week when I will be reviewing two thousands. Remember the Titans. Until next time, peace.